A little over a year ago, all the aunts and uncles and cousins from my dad's side of the family gathered in Portland to celebrate Christmas. In addition to the usual holiday stuff, my brother suggested that we all gather and tell personal stories. He picked an optional prompt, doing the work. Many great stories were shared that night, including one about being dared to eat a slug and actually doing it. But it was my Aunt Lucy's, about a crime with a very strange twist that stunned all of us. Here's Lucy. While I was going to college, I worked in a neighborhood department store. It's called Chubby and Tubby's. And Chubby and Tubby's was a, like a, this wild store that had pots and pans and boots and tents and tools and it did just everything that you could and every some things were hanging from the ceiling and it's just packed the whole thing was packed and usually there was a place right behind the cashier where there was a an area where that was glassed in with windows and sometimes we had our policeman that would stand in there and he would watch because it was a big shoplifting area because it had so many cool little things our policeman was always pretty busy in there but he wasn't there on this one particular day. The highest paid job you could get there was being a cashier because it was awful. You had to just stand on your feet for eight hours. So remember, I made $3.33 an hour, and it's what was paying for college, so I had to do it, and it was hard work. I don't remember too much about what was happening right before it happened other than it was close to 6 o'clock because I was going to get off at 6 and I remember kind of watching my watch and I, up until that point I was never aware of the fact that really at 6 somebody would come and actually change my till out because it would be pretty full at that point. It was before people used credit cards all the time. It was just everybody pretty much with either cash or check and so it would be pretty full and uh, somebody would take that out and then I'd get to go home. I'm at the very end of my shift. It's like I can't wait. I'm like counting the minutes to sit down, be done with my shift. And this guy comes through. He pulls out a gun. He looks at me and he says, give me all the money. I'd never been held up before. I thought, okay. So he had a bag. I put in all the money, stuck the thing in the bag. I saw him put the gun away and then it hit me. Oh no, you don't. Oh no. I've been standing here all day. I stand here every day and make this money. And you come in at the end of the shift and you take all the money. No. So I jump over the counter. It's like a big counter that, you know, where there's bags and all sorts of stuff and the cash register. And when I, and I jumped over the counter like in one, whew, and that's when it got people's attention. And there was a, a lot of chaos then in the store. I chase him out the front door and around to the very back of the building where there's no lights. We're in the back of a parking lot. I'm running as fast as I can to chase him. And when I turn around the corner, he has the gun right in my face again. He says, think about it, bitch. And I, went, and I ran back into the store and called the police. When the police got there, they said, why did you chase him? What was going through your mind? really dangerous, you shouldn't have done it, and could you come down and uh, to the police station and just go through mug books, go through these, they have all these mug shots. 
Well, when you go to the police station and you start looking through mug shots, the books that you go through, there's just lots of them. And unfortunately, I recognize some of the people in there. It's really creepy, you know, people in the neighborhood. I mean, just even looking through mug books is really a horrible experience. You don't want to know what people have done, what they do to each other. I actually did pick out somebody that I thought was it. And I said, well, we're going to put some people in the lineup. Would you feel comfortable? You know, they're not going to see you. We're going to put five men that are about the same height. Do you remember anything he said to you? And I said, oh yeah, he said, think about it, bitch. That was it. Each man, they say, number one, step forward and say, think about it, bitch. So each one would go, think about it, bitch. Think about it, bitch. Oh, think about it, bitch. You know, they were just like trying to make their voices funny and everything. Well, I knew exactly, you know, the guy comes out and I said, it's him. They said, great, that, that is who we thought it was. And he's actually been going up and down Rainier Avenue and different people. He, he matches the description and um, he's going to be going to prison actually for a long time because he's been doing these armed robberies in the neighborhood and you really helped and this was great, you know, because of you, that guy's going, he's going behind bars for a long time. During this same time, my youngest brother was dealing with drugs and criminal behavior and he'd been in and out of reform schools and prisons and it was just part of our family thing was dealing with him and where he was going to be in prison next. And What had he gone to prison for? Uh, usually robberies related to drugs, trying to keep enough money um, to buy drugs. He'd get out for a period of time and he was always like back in again. There were very few holidays when we were growing up that weren't spent in one of the Washington State Reform prisons, in the prison system in some way. We'd usually go with my mom because nobody else wanted to go and it was pretty hard. So we'd go up to Monroe to visit him. And when you go to these places where you visit inmates, they're horrible. You have to go through all these pat-down searches, all this stuff. And you get to bring so much money for uh, vending machines. You can't bring in any food. You can't bring in any water. There's just soda pop and candy that you get from these machines. So my mom and I are there visiting, you know, you sit there and you're just waiting and they bring the prisoners out one at a time and they get to go to their family, whoever they're with. And right before they bring out Stephen, they bring out the guy that I convicted. And there he is. And he sees me and he goes, fucking bitch! His family sitting next to mine and he, he comes and he sits I have to talk to him. I mean, I'm looking at him. I'm thinking, oh, this can't, this cannot be happening. He didn't know that he, I'd picked out these things, but we'd had this uh, encounter in the back of the store when I just went running around. There was just the two of us, and he had this gun right in my face. Anyway, he remembered me. I spent most of that year seeing him. I probably at least twice a month I would see him, and it was just so ironic. I think. How could this happen that I would see him? And he'd always just call me, bitch, what'd you, what do, he's, what difference did it make to you if I stole that money? What difference did it make to you? And I just wouldn't talk to him. But 
I did have other friends during that period that say things like, why did you care? I mean, it was the store, it wasn't your personal money. Why did you put yourself at such risk? You know, when you're in a situation like that, gun had been in my face twice. It was just like I was raw. It was a response to something that was wrong and I didn't want him to get away from it. And I also felt it was wrong for him to treat me like that. It was Everything about it was wrong and it wasn't like I was trying to save Chubby and Tubby some money. That never occurred to me. It wasn't it. It was what he had done to me, that he had violated me. And I don't know what I thought I was going to do when I was chasing him other than I wanted to push him down or I just wanted to do anything to say well, everything you're doing is wrong. Do you think that this armed robber picked your lane that day for a reason? Hmm. No, I, I, I never thought about that because there would have been probably two or three cashiers working. I don't know why he picked my lane. He's probably sorry he did. It's very, very... To say upsetting is so light, but it's really unnerving to have somebody rob you. And it makes you feel really vulnerable when they hold a gun in your face. You can't help but believe they mean it that they would shoot you if you don't give them that money. And it wasn't about, like I said, it was never about protecting the money. It, was, it almost was not, wasn't about the money. It was about how hard I worked to make my little tiny bit of money that would have, was a fraction of what he walked away with. And that, that that's what I felt was wrong. This has been a production of Small Answers, a site for shared essays about big life questions. For a new post every Monday, visit www.smallanswers.us.